Hey, what's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to the Weekly Words Extended Podcast, where we give you words to live by. I am your host, Robert Timmons, and I pray that you have been doing well over these last couple weeks, and even through your trials and tribulations, that you are keeping God first place, and that he is seeing you through that, and you know that he is seeing you through that, even if it's behind the scenes, you're not seeing the ramifications of his actions yet, but I do want to let you know that they are are coming his word has already put been set in motion amen amen i am so excited for today um as we continue our series for the year i have a very special guest that's going to be joining me for today's conversation uh she is just an amazing person a blessing to work with uh, a fellow poet a uh, fellow minister. She is just someone who is just doing amazing things uh, for the kingdom of God. And I'm so grateful uh, that we we're able to meet via social media. One of my additional friends that COVID allowed for me to to meet virtually. Please welcome to the podcast and to the mic, Miss Kira Faith. Hi, everyone. <laughs> That's such an introduction. Whoa, thank you. Slight. I really, really appreciate you, fam. This is an honor. Yeah, for sure, for sure. How are you doing today? I'm very, very well. Um, and to be completely honest with you, I feel like I shouldn't be as well as I am. <laughs> Can we talk about grace? Can we mm. talk about God's ability to bring so much out of what feels like a dead end? Um, yeah, I'm I'm really, really excited to get into this conversation because I know that my life has been attesting to a lot of the truths here, but yeah. this past week in particular yeah. has uh, certainly yielded much. And I've just gotten to see so much in the way of God's faithfulness. I'm, I'm very well. Thank you. How are yeah. you? Yeah, I'm, I'm good as well. And it's funny that you mentioned that because, you know, I have this, this last month has been very taxing on me just with mm. work and uh, our busy season and just a lot of things going on in my personal life. And it's just mm. been, yeah. It's been weighing on me, but over these last couple of days, I have just been in this better state, like, mm. like just, I guess, similar to what you were saying about, you know, the grace and, and, oh, and the, the, the inner joy where I'm like, you know what, like some of these circumstances suck or are unfavorable, yeah. but yeah. you know, God is still good and he's still working out something, something for me. Uh, so it's, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm in a good space, uh, but there are certain things where it's like, ugh, <laughs> that's <Yeah>. not good. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely feel that. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. Okay, cool. Well, let's, let's just jump right into our conversation. I, I feel okay. like some of the things that we've been alluding to just now will naturally come up in our conversation. So I am mm -hmm. excited for that. Okay. Uh, so. Real quick, everybody, want to give you a recap of Weekly Words Episode 5, in case you missed it, because that is going to be where we start our conversation today. So on that episode, and if you want to go back and check it out, it is available on YouTube and IGTV. Um, I answered or I tackled the question, is this a dressing room or a prison cell? And mm. <laughs> right, uh, which is a concept I actually got from you, Kira. But um <laughs> I'm honored. I'm sorry. I'm like, look, you're gonna feel the ums and the amens on today because that question alone, the way you're even phrasing that, yeah, like that's 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 gonna get a response. Right. I feel that. No, I'm with you, I'm with you. I'm here for all that. So the this analogy, what I what I was pulling from is this idea of us being in 
this waiting season, right? Whenever we are working towards any kind of goal, any kind of purpose, any kind of destiny, we go through various seasons. And at some point we are in a waiting season. We're waiting for things to align. We're waiting for us to get the skills. We're waiting for the opportunity. We're waiting to graduate. We're waiting for the person. Mm-hmm. We're waiting for God. We're waiting for something, right? And it feel, yeah. it can feel like a delay in our journey. And so I kind of summed everything up into one of two situations. It either feels like you're in a dressing room or a prison cell. Now, mm-hmm. a, dressing, a dressing room can feel a little bit more positive because you're like, all right, cool. I, I got the part. I know my time is coming. I'm just backstage and I'm getting dressed. I'm putting on my makeup. I'm rehearsing my lines. I'm talking to the director. I'm doing all those, le- those last minute small prep things. But my time is already accounted for. So, so it, it, it seems a little bit more, more hopeful, right? Like, hey, I'm in college. I am going to graduate. Hey, I already applied to the for, to the job and they, you know, gave me the offer letter. I'm just waiting for, for day number one to start or, you know, whatever the case is where it seems more guaranteed. Yeah. And you're like, yes. All right, cool. Let me just let me just dot my T's and I mean, cross my T's and dot my I's. But the prison cell. Right. Okay. That's when it feels a little bit different because you're like, yo, I'm trapped like I'm here and it's like. I don't know what's coming next. I feel like I can't get out of this negative circumstance. I don't know if God hears me. I don't know if if my time on stage is coming. I don't know if I'm going to reach my purpose. And what I was alluding to the whole episode is while those two spaces are very real, they actually don't have to be separate. Because whether the circumstance is hopeful or not... The thing that really, really, really showcases our faith is our mindset in the midst of those okay. circumstances. Yeah. So lots of times we think in order to reach our purpose or whatever goal, there's all these things that we have to do. Like we mm. have to hone the talent and we do have to hone the talent and practice yes. and make the connections, all that kind of stuff. But also we have to check our mindset. Right. I alluded yes. to the story in Matthew whenever the disciples are with Jesus and they're they're trapped on the boat during the storm and they start going crazy. crazy. And then and then God, uh, Jesus wakes up and he's like, why? Oh, you you have little faith. And then like exactly. tells the storm to stop. So it's it's while it is important to have the the practice, the bigger thing that I think ultimately hinders everyone, myself included, is the mindset in the midst of the journey and specifically in the midst of the waiting season. Come on. So that's a summary. Uh, uh, Kira, I want to, I want to, <laughs> I know I said a whole bunch, it's, but I want to. No, it's quite the summary. That's such a beautiful lead in. It's very rich. Yeah. I'm excited to get into it. Thank you. Yeah. So anything you want to add to that, that idea or, or, um, you know, whether it be from your personal experience, furthering what I said, or maybe any questions that are in your mind for us to talk through. One other thing that I believe the Holy Spirit pointed out for me as you were speaking was the difference socially, the ways that there's this, this social consideration um, of the dressing room and then of the prison cell. Dressing rooms come with more prestige. There's lights, there's makeup, there's usually assistance. There's people there to help you. 
Um, coming from a musical theater background, there's even a hierarchy with the dressing rooms. The higher you are in terms of your role in the show, in terms of your rank within the company, you get a more spacious dressing room, you get a more secluded, exclusive dressing room. Um, the dressing room doesn't just bespeak the opportunity itself, but it also speaks to the level at which you are perceived within the context of that opportunity. Prison cells are not like that. <laughs> Prison cells are tucked away. Prison cells have the bare minimum. We don't think of anything cushy or luxurious or um, meant to evoke this sense of pampering or feeling like you're going to be very well taken care of, um, well, very well taken care of and prepared um, in this loving, intentional way. Prison cells are just sort of where you come to sit and rot. That's really how we think about it. Um, and so to also consider the fact that there's a certain way you are looked down upon or looked up to, depending on where you are, as your faith is standing trial, the prison cell and the dressing room also kind of speak to the public element of that trial the ways that people can form opinions about who you are based on where you are and the ways that that, of course, is going to affect our mindset, the ways that that's going to war with our faith. How many times when Joseph was in the prison cell, not knowing that it was a dressing room for purpose, because purpose will get dressed in a prison. Don't get it twisted. Purpose will get dressed where it seems like no one can really be intentionally prepared here or prepared for what? To just sort of go through the same routine, to just sort of, I don't know, kind of spin your wheels until eventually you run out of even the energy to spin them. Prison cells really seem like the ultimate treadmill in a way. You're just doing the same thing until you really can't do it anymore until you're gonna go sort of crawl over in the corner and breathe your last. And in a lot of ways, that's what they're designed for. This isn't designed for hope. It's not designed to make you feel special. It's not designed to help you present yourself in the best light. Prison cells can even be dark so that you recognize the fact that no one really cares about seeing you. Ain't nobody really worried about you. No one is really concerned with what you can offer because this isn't the place where we prepare that. And so isn't it just like God to use the darkness, to use the place where so many things are put and forgotten about, he uses those spaces to prepare. Because for the Lord, a prison cell is not a life sentence. He can pull you right out of that prison cell. He can put you on stage. Let's go back to Joseph, because I just think he's the, he's the penultimate example of this. If you want to think about somebody who was being prepared in a hopeless place for an absolutely once in a lifetime, one in a million, even beyond that, this is a supernatural opportunity. Mm. This is the kind of appointment only God can arrange, only God can ordain. Joseph isn't just in prison. He's not even Egyptian. This man is a foreigner who was a slave. I could understand if Joseph was in prison, but you know, he was like out here, do, he was out here like a noble, a noble person in Egypt. And he's out here, you know, hobnobbing with the rich and famous. And so people know him and can vouch for him. When Joseph goes before Pharaoh, nothing speaks for him 
but his gift and the way God moves through it. Mm -hmm. The giver of his gift and the way that the giver of his gift works in his gift in that moment. So much so that Joseph straight out of prison says, there's nothing I can do for you, Pharaoh, but Mm. God is going to give you the answer to your dream. Mm. What kind of faith in God has been matured in this prison where Joseph can literally do nothing to even conjure his own release. He's out here trying to use his gift to do favors for people and then asking them to remember him. Mm -hmm. And they are so grateful. They forget all about him Mm -hmm. for two years. Mm -hmm. And so here he is stuck in this situation that only God can deliver him from. God is the only help he has. But what blessing, how fortunate is he? Because God is also the only help he needs. And here comes this situation that no one could have foretold. Even Pharaoh was not planning on having two dreams that strike him with such fear that he even in a pagan society, like y'all are Mm -hmm. not honoring the God Mm -hmm. of Israel. Y'all are not, you don't even know the most high God, but you recognize that the vision you have received is, it has such significance. It comes with such authority that you have to arrest your entire court, everybody stop what you're doing and help me figure out what just happened. Mm -hmm. Because this has major significance. I don't even know what it means, but y'all better tell me what it means. Prove Mm -hmm. yourself now as the wise men of Egypt, Mm -hmm. these people who can interpret all these things. No one can even touch it. And then the cupbearer remembers after two years of forgetting, God gives him back the memory. Oh yeah, you know what? Two years ago, there was this cat in prison who was out here interpreting dreams for free 99. Y'all really should call him up because, you know, he might be able to do something here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so what might have even been Joseph's parlor trick, what might have been just Joseph's get out of jail free card, which surely he was trying to use. He comes into a place where not only is he released from prison, but he is ushered into a position that allows him to enjoy a palatial lifestyle for the rest of his life. And it sets up the nation of Israel. That isn't even a nation yet. We are a family coming into Egypt, coming into Goshen at this point. It's just Joseph's folks. They leave the Israelite nation. They leave as a people because God is going to use even the prison they are in. Mm -hmm. We just keep seeing the ways that God is developing Mm -hmm. in these spaces that seem hopeless and seem completely confined where nothing could grow. No, God is going to use it to do even more than we think is possible just because he's God and he can. And that really encourages me. Joseph's Mm -hmm. story, the dressing room, the prison, and however people perceive it, our job is to keep our focus on what God is doing in the midst of it. Yes, yes, exactly. Amen. And and I think in all of what you're saying, like what I would, first of all, <laughs> you said a whole bunch that I'm just like, ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> when, you said, when you said purpose will get dressed in the prison, mm, hallelujah. <laughs> I was just yeah. like, oh my gosh that's so crazy because that's 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 like literally what happened with joseph he's he's literally sitting in a prison cell and he's still you know acting on purpose in in the sense of of you know uh what's the crap what's the word for he was when 
when he management? oh interpreting the dream there we go indeed, indeed. <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> no 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 don't apologize yeah he he interpreted the dream for the cupbearer even in the mm-hmm. prison like Come he on. still was in a even even though i'm sure joseph had some dis- discouraging moments and times like sitting in that prison for something he didn't even do Come he on. still had this moment where he was like let me still act in purpose and that was part of what was developing him to be brought before the king. Exactly. And it's like, that's what I'm talking about when I say the mindset in what seems like a prison. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And then fast forward, you were talking about, you know, uh, him having favor with the Pharaoh and, mm-hmm. and, and Israel being there, but then them end up, ended up going into uh, slavery as well. Yeah. And then when I think about, when I think about them, getting when Moses uh, helping to free them and they're walking to the promised land, I would see that as like this dressing room. Like there's this, there's this renowned hope and faith and like God has finally heard our prayers and we're off to the promised land and like everything's good, but check their mindset. Come on. They were still living in a, with a slave mentality, with a less than mentality with fear of going through the wilderness and so even though they were in a dressing room where god's like yo i have called your name and i have this place for you their mindset was not allowing them to walk into it Mm. so it's it's crazy how these these two things where again like the the dressing room can seem like the favorable place but if your mindset's not right it can still be a place where you get stuck come on And it's all the more reason that we really have to cling to God, no matter what our circumstances are. It is completely understandable that a people who have been enslaved for 400 years would have a legacy of that mindset. We see how even in the United States of America, there is a legacy of slavery that still exists and even persists in the way that black people are perceived, Mm. in the way that black people perceive themselves. Say it. And this happens around the globe. It's not even just here on this soil. In all parts of the world, there's this discriminatory spirit against darker skin. It's seen as an issue. We see people trying to lighten their skin, even to the point of death, people willing to kill themselves, trying to remove this melanin that they actually were blessed with. This is a God-given gift. But if you spend hundreds of years in a world system crafted to keep you caught up in the belief that what God gave you is actually a curse unto you, Mm. that's going to linger. And so it's only through the power of God that you are delivered, not just through the external deliverance, because God brings plagues. He does all manner of things to demonstrate his power to them in the physical realm. But if you're not opening the door for God to do that same level of incredible deliverance internally, Because it's one thing for him to bring you out physically, but honey, if you're not letting him bring you out on the inside, Mm. it's cool. Egypt is just going to follow you. And we see that in how the the first chance they get, we're going to build an idol. (laughs) We're going to build something that we can worship. Bringing this Egyptian practice of making gods in the image we believe they're in and that we're going to worship this. I'm going to give my praise and honor to this when God is right here. On this mountain with the man that he has given to them to deliver them. A man who in a lot of ways was developed in a prison cell of his own. Moses leaves Egypt because he has killed someone. 
This self-imposed exile could easily be interpreted as a prison sentence. And he's out here doing time with the Midianites. And it's okay, you know, not exactly a dressing room, not exactly what we would consider a prison cell as well. I mean, he's out here, he's got a wife, a family, he's got a place. Mm-hmm. They all but think I, he's Egyptian. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say, but like what you said, it's it was the self-removal that can mm-hmm. make it allude to be like a prison cell. Because it was like he yeah. felt he was no longer worthy to be in their presence exactly so yeah you've isolated yourself Mm -hmm, he's just mm -hmm. he's isolated himself Mm -hmm. from the world he has Mm -hmm. known and even in that world he's isolated from the people he knows he belongs to so there's this connection there keep being connections that he's an outlaw from Mm -hmm. i'm growing up in the egyptian palace but i'm really a hebrew what kind of disconnect does that create in his identity now you have killed an egyptian so you're removed even from the comforts of the world you've grown up in so now you're over here in Midian where everyone thinks you're an Egyptian castaway. And so they treat you like that. Mm-hmm. And so you're out here among the Midianites. They're, you know, inviting you in to a certain extent, but you're not Midianite. You're mm-hmm. an Egyptian. Mm-hmm. So here you are still always alone, still always not really fitting in, not really being able to realize the purpose that you believe you've been called to, which is deliverance, which you've tried to do in your own flesh over here by killing the oppressor, mm-hmm. not your place. Now you out here in the desert, you don't know that as you're doing this life sentence here, it would seem of learning which vegetables you can eat, being able to handle the terrain, becoming accustomed to what the wilderness is like. God is watching you. He's keeping his eye on you. And he already knows, you don't know this, but he already has an appointment with you by way of this burning bush that he's going to use to call you back to yourself and say, hey, I know that you thought this was a prison, but purpose was getting dressed here the whole time. Because now that you've done this time, you are prepared to lead a nation through this place that you've lived in for 40 years. You are prepared to shepherd because you've been a shepherd. You are prepared to lead because that's what you've had to do. Similar to the way that Joseph, he's not just interpreting dreams in prison, he's managing. Similar to the way that he did in Potiphar's house. And we're seeing how this favor follows him. The Bible is clear to say that everything Joseph did, it was well with everything Joseph did because of the hand of the Lord was upon him. And even in the prison, the prison master is just like Potiphar. I don't have to worry about anything except what I'm going to eat because Joseph is here. The same thing was said of Pharaoh. Pharaoh didn't have to worry about anything except for what he was going to eat because Joseph was there and because the hand of the Lord was on him. Mm-hmm. The hand of the Lord was on Moses. The hand of the Lord was on Gideon, David. Like We yes, could just go, go on and on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, yeah but that's yeah. it's just the blessing of clinging mm-hmm. to God so mm-hmm. our mentality does not mm-hmm. get transformed and shaped by our circumstances. Mm-hmm. Rather, it gets shaped by the God over mm-hmm. our circumstances. Yep, yep. Yep, 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 Amen. Yep. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So let's 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 dive into that. I liked what you mm-hmm. how you brought in Moses and we talked about like that self isolation and like that self imprisonment. Mm-hmm. So uh, do you have any examples um in your life whether it's you personally or people that you know where there's or w- what you've just seen where people have removed themselves because they feel like they they are not worthy and they mm-hmm. kind of retreat to this waiting season and this this prison cell because they're like, nah, I'm not I'm not called to this greatness. Right? I'll never achieve that. And it's almost like they disqualify themselves. You know, 
I, I would hope that if any of my friends do feel a sense of unworthiness that is causing them to isolate, I certainly would hope that they would feel like they can come and talk to me about that. Mm-hmm. I know what I have witnessed just in people and even in myself is this way that when God will allow, um, sometimes what God allows in our circumstances, um, sometimes that starts to produce feelings of unworthiness. And the enemy, of course, works on that word. It's obviously a lie because the Lord is very clear, not just in what he says in his word, but also as his voice walks, as Jesus takes on flesh and is out here living among us, He is constantly resisting the temptation of the enemy to define himself according to what he can do or what he has Mm -hmm. constantly, even pushing back on what people want to give him. They want to crown him. They want to pull him into royalty. They want to go against the Romans right now. And Jesus is constantly pulling himself away to be with God. So he'll isolate. But in that isolation, he still knows who he is and maintains the integrity of his identity in God, that same power works in us. But a lot of times because we are flesh, we still buy into this idea that what I have, what I can do, who knows me, this somehow tells you more about me than what God himself has said about me. And that seems to be kind of the ultimate trial I am finding um, in this place where I, I don't necessarily feel like I've isolated myself but there's a way that just your life can kind of move you on from places where you kind of feel like this has been your context. Mm-hmm. You feel like this has been the way that you've been defined and mm-hmm. you're used to being defined by a circle of friends or an occupation you had mm. or something, a certain skill set that you used all the time. I mean, how often when people ask us who we are, well, I'm this right after your name. <laughs> I do right. this. Right. Right. Well, right after your name. Yeah, I know these people. Right. Now, who are you? <laughs> like, right. like as a, we don't have to barter, right. basically. But and it's that so, can be a thing. Yeah, and it's so funny that you mentioned that. I was just mm. talking to one of my friends, and it's funny. We reconnected oh, from our um, high school re- reunion. Oh, and we're actually yeah. right <laughs> and we're actually working on this poetry project together so it's i'm really excited about that beautiful more okay. to come in the future so look out <laughs> we definitely will but uh she so she she was like we were talking and i was like yeah this week was kind of stressful just with work and then mm-hmm. she was like oh well can i ask what you do if you don't mind like i mean i'm you're not defined mm-hmm. by your job i'm like no you're good like in this <laughs> and she literally just said what you said where it's like we always yeah. feel like we have to define ourselves by our occupation yes. and i was like well no it's fine in the context that you're asking because you're, you're literally asking like oh what do i do because we were talking about the week being stressful because of my mm-hmm. job <laughs> yeah. that's fine but i do agree i remember i was sitting in a room and it was for this mentorship program and they had everybody go around the room and introduce themselves and it felt like what you were saying like everyone was like mm-hmm. yes i'm so and so and i am a manager da, 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 and i'm so and so and i'm an engineer like it, it seemed like a a contest of who had the best job or whatever whatever yeah. and i immediately was just like oh my gosh why do we do this like yeah. to your point that is a part of you, I guess, because you're you're doing that, but you're not automatically different because you're 
an attorney versus a stay-at-home mom versus a bank reception versus like you know like it's it's just there's just so many different things that we can talk about besides what we do occupationally and i think there's such a freedom that we find when we're able to connect that what we're doing somehow enables us to fulfill a larger purpose Uh, When I was undergrad at the University of Oklahoma, God opened up this tremendous opportunity out of nowhere for me to um, end up teaching an honors class on interview and presentation skills using kind of abstract theories and improvisational games from acting technique that I'm studying as like a musical theater major on an entirely different side of campus. But I ended up taking this honors class and the Lord gave me favor with my instructor She said, hey, the honors class is trying to get this new initiative. Would you be interested in like doing some research for us and coming up? God turned it into a, yeah, now you're a teaching fellow and you're getting paid by the university to do this. And this was maybe a month after I had prayed to God and said, you know, I really would love to have a job that I can work in that doesn't move me off campus, but gives me enough money that I can save for going to New York and all these other things that I'm sensing you want me to do, God. A month later, he's worked all this out. And I think I prayed that prayer maybe an hour before I went to this class, but I wouldn't have thought at all he was going to bring it out of that. Appointments. God be setting appointments. But anyway, one of the things that we did in the class was finding different ways to introduce ourselves. And at first, (laughs) like the game... um, we would put it on an entirely different character. Like, okay, come up with someone in your mind that you think you would like to be in maybe five years and introduce that person at this kind of party atmosphere that we're gonna have. I would literally put on this kind of funny, cheesy music. Everyone had to act like they had an hors d'oeuvre or something, and they would walk around the room and introduce themselves to people. The whole point of the game was to strip off the fictional layers until you found something truthful about yourself. And one of the main rules in that game was you couldn't lead with what you did. You had to say, hi, my name is whatever the name you've decided. And I enjoy, or I am empowered by, or I am grateful to do these things. And then those attributes apply those to your job. And by the end of the game, people would end up saying something like, hi, My name is Kira Faith. I am so grateful to get to empower young people and use the skills that I've learned as an actor to help people to really be able to market themselves and even present themselves in their best light and the light they are aspiring to. I'm honored to be able to apply those skills in my work with the University of Oklahoma as a teaching fellow. Like that became the conversation. Mm -hmm. And in learning how to lead with what we're passionate about and what we're empowered by, rather than this is the role I have or this is the role I'm trying to get, people inherently started to tap into their worth just as a person, not necessarily as a position. And watching people have that experience and watching how they left class that day and then also came back all of the following days with a lot more confidence and this readiness, like, no, 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 Mm -hmm. I'm ready for this challenge because it's not about getting the role. It's about embracing the fact that I am the person who does this no matter what. Yeah, what? (laughs) That's, no, that's a big thing. Yes, yes. (laughs) I feel it, come on. You're onto something. Because here's the thing that I've learned. Mm -hmm. Our purpose 
and our uh-huh. dreams and yes. our goals, they manifest differently in different seasons. Absolutely. So yeah. the reason why I love what you're saying is because it takes the limits off mm. of what we can do. And, and, and it, it, it reveals the endless possibilities, right? That's it. The That's example it. that I always go to is like, if, if I wanted to say like, I'm a singer, which by the way, I am not. I have an amazing, I have an amazing voice (laughs) when I give concerts in the shower, but anywhere else. Oh, and also I do a pretty good car concert as well, but any, (laughs) but anywhere else y'all gonna tell me to shut up. (laughs) Y'all gonna tell me to shut up. (laughs) I'm already trying to figure out how I can get tickets, but you know, know mumble from a happy feet when he tried to sing. That's me. (laughs) That's me. And we loved it. We love it. But anyways, if someone says, as an example, if someone says they want to be a singer, right? Mm-hmm. I think yeah. immediately our first thought is like, okay, cool. Like you're this professional singer and you're getting all these mm. Grammys and you're making these albums and stuff. And cool. That might be the thing. Right. But also as being a singer, maybe your thing is like, nah, I want to be a choir director and teach other people to sing. Mm, Or you know what? As a singer, I actually want to uh, write songs and create demos to give to other artists for them to sing. Mm -hmm. Or maybe I want to be the lead worshiper in our our praise and worship team. Or as a singer, I actually want to be on Broadway and, you know, sing on Broadway. There's all these different layers and opportunities that encompass what a singer is. So if I just say singer, I'm like, it could come across as limiting. But if I say, hey, Mm. I want to use my singing voice to touch people Mm. in whatever way that looks like. Right. Like it it gives opportunity for it to just be different and and for it to grow as you grow. I think about how, Mm. you know, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a teacher. Like that was my number one, my Mm. number one thing. And I'm not a, I'm not a teacher, uh, in the normal way, the right, the what's crap, what word do I want to use? The traditional way. Yes. There we go. But since I had that dream, I've never lost it and mm-hmm. I've I've been a tutor and a peer tutor since high school. Since middle school mm-hmm. even actually. Uh, I was an assistant coach for an AAU track team in college. I Good helped one. with the training program at my current job. Like the teaching bug is still just naturally there, Absolutely. but it's just manifested in a different way. And if I would have closed off the idea of like, oh, I didn't do I didn't get my you know, degree in education and I didn't apply for a teaching job and I just kind of like let go of that thing, it could have easily been something that I didn't see manifesting in a different way. Cause there's, there's Mm -hmm. multiple ways that you can teach and mentor. There's multiple ways that you can sing. There's multiple ways that your inner ministry can, can blossom into the world. Exactly. And God may use you to find a new way of doing it you may use you to blaze a completely new trail i also wanted to put a pin in the fact that you also teach all of us with weekly words Mm. it's totally a teaching position to me this way that you have of taking text and these incredible metaphors abstract ideas and tying it into truths that we can take with us that can inspire and empower us to never lose the will to aspire to better yeah yeah that's yeah. giving teacher all day for your girl <laughs> thank you thank um you. so i just i'm really grateful for the ways that god used something like improv mm-hmm. um in that 
particular yeah. context yeah. to allow me the opportunity to witness so many people finally click with the idea mm. that in a lot of ways, the imposter syndrome they felt, the ways that they felt that, you know, maybe they weren't worthy or maybe they weren't fully present in a situation and able to communicate these ideas and this work that they're so passionate about is because they left their passion in the grind of trying to get the position. If you lead with the passion, if you lead with the purpose of what you're doing, this is why I'm in this position because I'm passionate about this. That passion is what's gonna connect you, not just to the step you're on or the step you were on, but the step you are reaching towards. That passion's gonna help you get there. Now, because we live in Christ, hallelujah, his passion for us, the ways that his sacrifice on that cross has empowered us, this isn't even a question of what we like to do or maybe even what we feel called to do. Our worth is quite literally established eternally. God has already spoken about what we are worth. So this idea that we are defined by circumstances, circumstances that can be so easily Mm -hmm. changed. Mm -hmm. That's part of the reason that the disciples' faith or faithlessness in the eye of the storm, as you mentioned before, it's wild. It's because it's like, you guys, y'all have watched God (laughs) do so much among you. He's out here feeding thousands of men, let alone women and children, with a little boy's lunch. He's out here delivering people from leprosy. You're so busy looking outside of the boat, you've forgotten who is in it. And you're so busy looking at what's coming against you. You have forgotten who is for you. If Jesus can sleep in the middle of this, so can you. Because if his authority says, nah, this isn't even an issue. Like these waves are giving rockabye right now because he is resting, okay? I shut, he's he's, he's gone (laughs) to the point where Peter got to rustle a little bit and be like, do you not care if we die? Like, what's up? What are you doing? And it's like, Jesus has demonstrated so much. It's like, bro, not only do I care, like not only am I caring about whether or not you perish in this life, I'm here to make sure you don't perish in the next. Like, honey, the even just the magnitude of that question, it can so easily reflect our faithlessness. Mm-hmm. How often do we forget who God is in the eye of the storm? Mm-hmm. How often do we forget that God is with us when Goliath is advancing toward us? Mm-hmm. And it's like, um, okay, Lord, do you see this? Do you see this storm? Do you see this giant? Like, what's up? What does this then say about me? This way that the Israelites, even in the wilderness, they about to take the promised land, but no, we were grasshoppers in our own eyes Mm. and in the eyes of these larger people. And for that reason, we don't believe the God who we watched level Egypt, bring Egypt to its knees. Our oppressor who said we couldn't go nowhere. And God, through a series of 10 plagues, he used nature. (laughs) God was out here using flies and frogs Mm -hmm. to bring an entire empire to its knees and to obedience to what he said but we don't think he can do that with these people we have got to make sure that even when our circumstances even when the prison cell has told us for years nah this is what you can do the slog of the position we're in says nah this is who you are god can always inform that he can inform your position. He can inform your circumstance. And he always is willing to inform you Ooh. about who you are apart from all of that. And we just, we have to 
fight the good fight of keeping that in mind because mm-hmm. it is a fight to even believe that and not let your belief system get polluted with this idea that you're only mm-hmm. what you have mm-hmm. you're only what you can do and when mm-hmm. you can't do anything to save yourself the mm-hmm. enemy will torment you with mm-hmm. these thoughts that like yeah you're worthless I see that in people a lot. To go back to your original original question, I see that the most um, in people. And I certainly have seen that in myself. And I'm so grateful for the ways that the Holy Spirit has come and said, no, no, no. Mm -hmm. Be careful about the story you're allowing yourself to tell yourself about where you are and what's going on. Because if you tell yourself the story that this is a life sentence and you're on death row, even when I come for you at midnight, even when I break prison gates and I come for you, you won't come with me because you will believe that this is where you belong. Peter left with the angel in Acts 12 because this wasn't where he belonged, even in his dream state. He was like, yeah, we out, bye. <laughs> Deliverance is not. I, I follow the voice of the Lord. And so that's what we have to be willing to do. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that in your own life? Have you ever <laughs> felt that way or like had any isolation for you? Yeah, for for sure, for sure. Mm, um, yeah. I I think of two ma- major times when I when I felt that way, and yeah. one I've I've shared on weekly words before. It's the time whenever mm. I was unemployed, and I mm. just I felt Jesus. I felt inadequate. I felt stupid. I felt like I had mm. no value, no worth, and I I did kind of go to a isolated place. Um, mm. But it's it's so crazy. Like in that space, God was able to work in me. And that was oh, part of what, you know, produced my poetry book behind the smile. Mm-hmm. So going back to oh, your phrase about purpose can be developed in the prison. <laughs> Hello. Mm-hmm. <Come> <laughs> Hello. Like Come that's on. literally, literally, literally that. And that season why I, I never want to go back there. <laughs> I never okay. do. We don't need to return more. <laughs> Correct. But it it yeah. did it did just kind of help shape who I am today and shape my oh, mindset yeah. of valuing what I do have and being intentional Amen. with my time and you know mm. living my life in a sense of excellence where Say I don't that. have to be back there. Now, circumstance can still happen, but yeah. it's like I'm still going to do all that I can to make sure that I am honoring what I currently have. Amen. And the other thing, uh, thank you. The other thing, which we don't have to get into all the details here. Okay. I did have like a mental self-sabotage for myself as it relates to my love life. Mm. I haven't. Wow. Yeah. I haven't been. And I, (laughs) I had, I had since like my last relationship was 2015. Oh, wow. Seven years ago. Oh, completion. Okay. Oh, shoot. Yikes. I didn't even. (laughs) Bro, bro, I've been, I've really been studying the biblical significance. Okay. Your girl is not into Mm -hmm. numerology. God Mm -hmm. is God and God alone, not Mm -hmm. what he has created. But I've Mm -hmm. been looking at the biblical significance of numbers. And just as the Lord will prompt me like, Hey, look at the significance of this. Um, it's wild that you, yeah, 2015, because that also was a huge year for me. And God has been pointing to the fact that this is the seventh year from that year, 2015, And so cycles that began then are coming to an end. That's literally a rhema word I received. That's crazy because I didn't didn't even peep that until I said it in this moment. (laughs) Wow. Bless the name Um, of the Lord. Anyway, please go ahead. So I, but I was in a space, 
you know, the way that my last relationship ended, I was just mm-hmm. kind of like, oh, I don't deserve love. And I was I was in that space for a little bit afterwards. And then after that, like I was kind of out of that. It was maybe a, a subconscious thought, but then it yeah. it's still just, you know, I didn't really meet anybody. So like it, it was like a, mm-hmm. a twofold thing, but I, I, I also wasn't looking. <laughs> and then the right. pandemic happened. Like it was just all these different things. So it's I, I but I know that in that situation, like in my love life, I did kind of isolate to myself and. God can use, God wastes nothing. So in that time, I, of course, definitely was able to, you know, work on myself and experience different things and, you know, get, Mm -hmm. get my, get my goals and my visions together and whatnot. So it, it, in no way was it a detrimental time for me, right? I was, I was fine, but (laughs) just kind of one of those things, you know, like when you look back, like, huh, where was my mind yesterday and last year? I'm like, oh shoot, I was in, I was, I was like Moses where I was like, let me remove myself from this situation Mm. and, and, and wait in this confined space with maybe not knowing what, if anything will come from this. So, Jesus, yeah, yeah. Those are those are two that's main things that my mind goes to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so invaluable that you've been able to look back and that you're asking yourself questions like that. Where was my mind? Where is my mind? Those are the check-ins that we've got to have, and check-ins that we must, mm-hmm. must, must invite mm-hmm. the Lord into mm-hmm. and reverence His presence. Because it's not yeah. like God is not with us even when we don't invite Him. <laughs> <laughs> he's always God there. is omnipresent. Come on. Right. Um, and at this, in the same breath, we experience him in a much more full and beautiful way when we invite him. It's yeah. the difference between knowing someone is in the house and inviting someone in the room. Ooh. Now you are here with me. I get to experience you in a way you don't have to knock anymore. I want you in here. And I know that I need you here. God, in my mind, helping me helping me to guard my imagination, helping me to fight these different storylines that the enemy wants to plant so that these are root systems in the soil of my mind that are introducing these very toxic chemicals into the soil that's making the soil barren to what the Lord wants to grow. There's just a lot. God was really helping me to see that the dominion that he gave Adam and Eve wasn't just about physical land, There is soil in our hearts. There is soil in our minds. And God has yet given us dominion over these things. Because of the curse of sin, because of the fall into sin, our flesh is always going to be given to inviting sin, inviting the enemy's dominion into this soil, our minds, our hearts, even our bodies, inviting the enemy's dominion into the dust to dust that we Mm -hmm. come from. Mm -hmm. And yet... Because this dust is God breathed. That's also why we see the spirit of the Lord advancing, asking, knocking to be invited in. Where yep. invited into the same water that he hovered over, invited into the same dust that he formed man in and then breathed into that space. Mm-hmm. So it's really no wonder that we sense such a battlefield in our hearts and minds so much of the time. Because this really is the place where spiritual warfare is mm-hmm. taking place mm-hmm. and ultimately our decisions are going to decide not necessarily ultimate victory because we know that God has already gotten that for himself and for us, but the victory that we experience day to day, the victory we experience in our lifestyles and in our mentalities, we have a huge say in that. 
because ultimately God has given us the free will. And because of his integrity and holiness, he will not trespass even mm -hmm. on what he has given to us, even in what he knows will be life or death for us. Now, he's going to move in all of his omnipotence and glory to save us from ourselves. We see that throughout the biblical record and even in our own lives, ways that God continues to intervene to help us to cure our minds, to bless our minds, to deliver our minds from the shackles of the slavery that the enemy is always trying to introduce into our mentalities. Yeah. Um, but ultimately we have to say yes to full and complete and eternal deliverance. Yep. And may we all do that wherever we may find ourselves, whether you're in a dressing room and it's cute and people are treating you like that, or whether you're in a prison cell and it ain't that cute and mm -hmm. people are treating you like that. Ooh, say it, <laughs> say it. People are treating right. you like that. Come, man, man, man. Because I'm telling you, people will treat you according to what they believe about you. Mm -hmm. And how Joseph... You Go ahead, go ahead. And I, and, I gonna, and I was gonna say, and how you carry yourself come to, and for them to perceive about on. you. Come on, come on, okay? Because your beliefs about who you are. But let's let's not even get it twisted though, because people will be coming for you, however you carry yourself. Oh, They'll be period. looking at your contact. Yes, fam. Mm -hmm. Jesus mm -hmm. was in front of them. This is the word of God, reading the word of God to you. He says, "These days the scriptures are fulfilled in your eyes." This day, excuse me. He closes the book. Boom. They marvel at his words, and then they're like, ain't that Joseph's boy? Uh, I'm confused. Why are uh, you up here teaching us scriptures? Uh, you the carpenters, the baby. Ooh, <laughs> ooh. Baby, go, go, go on back to your place. Right. And it's wild. That's also, that speaks to the scripture that says, a prophet has honor everywhere, but in his own home, like with his own people. They're the ones who reject him. Why? Because they knew him when. Because mm -hmm. they are enslaved to this mm -hmm. past belief, mm -hmm. this past reflection, this past idea, concept of who you are. Whoever God may be calling out of you, yeah. people will always feel like they know more. Yeah. That is also something I'm experiencing in this season. God is giving birth to a whole new woman through Amen. me. I. This is such a labor like I am wrestling, I am travailing in the spirit because even as I am who I am, God is calling more out of me. And he's not, this isn't a dressing room. I feel like I'm giving birth in the wilderness. Like the room is not cute. I don't have any like music on. My hair is not in rollers. It's not mm -hmm. even in braids. <laughs> like your girl is just here. <laughs> There's no pampering. There's no nurse coming in, checking on me. God is the midwife mm -hmm. and it's me and him out here and I can hear the enemy somewhere. I just can't see, but I can hear him waiting to poison what God is birthing through me, waiting to take what God is birthing. I feel like right now I'm really pulling on <laughs> revelation in, in imagery because this is actually in the book of revelations. Mm -hmm. God is here, mm -hmm. like this is being birthed by the word of God and the enemy is the dragon trying to then come for the baby. So, not necessarily meaning to go with any disturbing imagery necessarily, but I also feel like there are people maybe here who will witness that and know and be like, nah, me too. Because when God has called you to birth something, he doesn't always give you the delivery room you thought. He does not always give you the delivery room you wanted. And you don't always get to have the birthing experience that you assumed it was going to be. Mm -hmm. People give birth to babies all the time. 
and it's not always in a western medicine kind of way mm-hmm. like it's it can be really real and especially as more women are exploring natural birth and stuff like that like there's a lot of different ways to do this including ways that use gravity don't like there's a lot of different options you can have that's as far as i'm gonna go for today but the point <laughs> is <laughs> the point is whatever your experience is whatever you are having to do in the process and however you're waiting is requiring work and maybe even work that you don't feel ready to do you don't feel like you have all the resources you need whatever else as long as god is present you have all the help you need you have the one who neither slumbers nor sleeps who's always watching you looking out for you making sure that you have what you need so as his purpose is birthed in and through you God is shepherding over that process. He's watching it. He's clocking it. He's making sure that it produces everything that it needs to produce so that it can be everything that he's called it to be. And you will see it because he's just too faithful for you to witness anything else or anything less. Amen. 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 Okay. Okay. Look at you summing everything up. (laughs) Look here. I... So I like how you had said we we need God. we need the reminder, right? Because mm-hmm. everything yeah. that you said, I you know, we we know maybe in this moment or we knew yesterday, but we have to remind ourselves mm-hmm. throughout the day, throughout the week, throughout the year, throughout our lives because like you said the enemy is going to try to come and yes. and distract us. Yes. And then I also liked I can't remember the phrasing that you said, but something about God can reform or repurpose the circumstance. Absolutely. Um, I love yeah. I love I love that. Uh, so, which is, is a perfect segue into uh, episode six of Weekly Words. Mm, but, but before yes. we do that, I thought it would be cool for us to kind of end this portion with what you mentioned earlier about our introduction with mm-hmm. more of the attri- attribute as opposed to profession. So yeah. how would you introduce yourself? Hmm. And if and maybe if you need a moment, we can do that at the very end. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually okay. was wild is even before I think my response was more to what I believe the Lord was bringing me. Mm-hmm. Um, because in a lot of ways, it's wild that you asked that because this is what he's been speaking to for me Okay, um, a lot just in my quiet time. So this is how I would introduce myself um, if I was in the final exercise of that game, mm-hmm. having pulled all of the fictional layers and the funny, because it was cool to mm-hmm. be comedic. People mm-hmm. adopted different voices and mm-hmm. they played around and it was great. But in that fictional space, we were able to dig through and free ourselves from the need to impress so that we could press into something true about ourselves. Yeah. Um, This is what the Lord is allowing me to press into. Hi. My name is Kira Faith. I am so grateful that God has called me to create experiences surrounding kingdom art for his glory and for the good of all people who will allow themselves to witness it and God through it. I am so grateful to serve that mission through the business God gave me, Full Faith Forward Limited Liability Company, Mm. where I create digital experiences from websites to digital art installations to NFTs. I make whatever God gives me the vision for, and I stand back and watch him do what only he can do next, which is bless people through it and bring even more art out of it than I knew was possible. Amen. 
Amen. Amen. Okay, 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 okay. And okay, business, I, I see you. Glory to God. Look, because things have changed. Like, uh-huh. I'm telling you, it's. I mean it when I say God has been birthing a new thing. I came mm-hmm. into, I mean, it's wild. We just talked about the cycle of completion. 2015, God gave me the most incredible job. Once in a lifetime opportunity within the realm of musical theater which wasn't necessarily new because my entire way in musical theater was paved by the Lord. Like my whole career, I'm talking about this past one. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like it's, it was, it's nothing but a testimony and a testament to God's power to shift circumstances. I was a tall black woman coming into an industry where one, people really don't want to hear about Christ. So you can leave that identity at the door. And then also black women are thought to sing a specific way, look a specific way, have a specific type of hairstyle. Like there's all kinds of ideas about who you are. And I think that even within this world of play, people wouldn't necessarily think that in musical theater, there could be such rigid standards about what you look like, who you are, how you market, how you project yourself, how you present yourself. But the whole world is made up of that. You're always selling yourself in some way and potentially selling out to get a position. By God's grace, that was never my story. People were always telling me no, but God would always put someone there who would tell me yes. And it would always be a tremendous yes that would leave all the people who said no scratching their heads, saying, how could this happen? Because in the history of this, we've never seen this done. So God was always making a name for himself. He certainly did the same thing with the job he gave me in 2015. He also called me to witness to my fellow colleagues and a lot of people on the job about the gospel, the good news, again, in a space where Christ is not welcome. I was persecuted in that space. I suffered heavily. And essentially, I was rejected from it and rejected into a space where the Lord was like, cool, I know that you've wanted to be an employee your whole life. I know that you've just wanted to have a good job and a good living and a good man and a good family. That's it. (laughs) Good, Mm. good, good. And he said, but I'm going to give you ownership. I want to give you something that nobody can take away from you. And I want to put you in a position to do more for my glory. You've always wanted an opportunity. I'm going to make you an opportunity for others, for Mm. the kingdom in this space because you're willing to follow my voice in this way. And I'm gonna strengthen you and I'm gonna overshadow you. My hand is gonna be on what you do. And it's through that, that people are gonna see me and I'm gonna get glory for myself and I'm gonna bring good to people. When he told me that, I was literally laying on the bed crying in the hotel room the first day I started getting persecuted on this job. Mm. And I was like, God, I really don't wanna hear any of this. (laughs) (laughs) Seven years in. Now I'm new. I respond in a different way to this dream. It's now my dream. It's wow. not something I reject anymore. God has brought so much completion. And I have watched so much of what he said in that hotel room. And he's promised a lot more since then. But everything he said in that hotel room that I rejected was like, God, you don't understand. I just said this. I just did this. They told me I would never work here again. It was over their dead bodies that I would have work in this field. You don't understand. And God is looking at me like, she don't know who I am. (laughs) She she don't know who I am though. That's all that is. She just doesn't understand. Mm. Like, I don't care what people may have told you. I'm out here parting Red Seas. Like Pharaoh said, 
the the Israelites couldn't go. And I was like, okay, bet. <laughs> God is out here like, no, no, no. I'm not moved by what your circumstances are or what people have pronounced over your circumstances. It is what I say. And now seven years later, I've watched so much of that come into completion. And as these next seven year intervals roll out, I am expecting to see the completion of what the Lord has said. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. God is good, my guy. God is mm-hmm. really good. And I'm really excited about what's next because I've watched him keep his word Yeah. where I thought it was impossible, bro. Yeah. In my prison sentence, yeah. frankly. Yeah. 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 Hallelujah. Wow. wow wow okay that's amazing that's amazing um i'm gonna try to introduce myself real quickly and then and then we'll move on to the yeah this next episode so um let's see hey everybody my name is robert timmons and Mm -hmm. i enjoy using my words to inspire encourage and tell stories that do the Mm -hmm. same thing um i am very happy to have the opportunity to um use my mind and my problem solving skills to drive solutions forward and Mm. create opportunities not just for myself but for other people Amen. You're such a natural. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> you better go in. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. 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 So, so yeah, that's that. I'll keep all that in mind that that you said about redefining how we, you know, introduce ourselves and absolutely and how we see ourselves. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so shifting gears a little bit, going into okay. episode six, mm-hmm. which. This is this is honestly my favorite. I've been sitting Honey? on this. I've been sitting on this one for like a year, a year and a half. Like I've, yeah. uh, it's great. So I, beautiful. I answer or I tackle the question: How can I succeed when I'm surrounded by my enemies? Child, <laughs> this when I say I went back this morning just for fun to listen again to these tidbits you dropped about this species of butterfly (laughs) and this mimicry game and this brilliance my 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 that thing blessed me the first time i heard it so Mm -hmm. much i was like um we're gonna do this again (laughs) let's 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 run it back run it back run it back (laughs) run it back for me because just the wisdom the cleverness just the this and this instinctual Mm -hmm. like it's so wise to do that like yeah, yeah i'm gonna let you carry me oh yeah I, you gotta tell if for yeah. anybody who hasn't seen it you gotta tell you gotta tell yeah yeah so if you if you didn't watch it you can still check it out on youtube and igtv uh, but to give you a quick recap i was mm-hmm. watching animal planet and they were talking about the alcone blue butterfly mm. which is this yeah. beautiful butterfly that only exists in specific parts of europe where there's certain pastures and plants and whatnot So what the butterfly does is it lays its eggs on top of these tall plants. So whenever Mm -hmm. they hatch and the caterpillar's there, one, they're away from their natural predator, the ant. And two, they have all the food they can can eat on the, the leaves of this plant. So time goes on and the caterpillar eats eats those leaves, but of course at some point there's nothing left. <laughs> so it has to go it has to go down to the ground. And so I was sitting here thinking, like, yo, then what was the point? Like if it still has to go down to the ground, okay. like yeah. 
why even like it's it's still not gonna make it right because the ants so it goes down there and of course it eventually the ant gets it and it captures it and takes it back to it's the ant bed for food but what the caterpillar does while it's getting Mm -hmm. carried to the ant bed is it starts to mimic the aroma of the ant so whenever it gets to the ant bed the ants think it's one of its own and so it starts instead of feeding it to the larva it actually starts giving it food The caterpillar goes on and it it finds the larva and it mimics their movement, mimics their aroma. And then it even finds the queen and mimics that aroma. So now the ants think that this caterpillar is of royal blood. (laughs) And so in the event (laughs) that the the ant has, there's any kind of famine, the ants will feed the caterpillar over its own because they think the caterpillar is more important. And so the the caterpillar Mm. is just sitting here chilling amongst its straight up enemies, living its best life, not worrying about anything. Free, free food, free housing, free entertainment, like all that, like it's good. (laughs) And then, of course, after it eats enough, then it it, it, uh, makes its cocoon. And I think this cocoon like lasts for like a year or something. It's a very long cocoon. I can't remember mm-hmm. the time frame, but it's like a rock hard cocoon so the ants can't get into it. And so whenever it's time for it to hatch, typically the ant bed is no longer, you know, residence of the ants. And the butterfly yeah. just walks out, goes to the plant and then flies and repeats the cycle. And I was just like, Amazing. right. I was just like, one, that's just a, a beautiful Jesus. thing because the because yes. the idea of a butterfly in general, we always relate to of like, hey, I'm a, I got to get in my cocoon to get ready and blossom to this beautiful yeah. butterfly. So that's the yeah. natural thing. But this specific butterfly, I was like, that's so crazy. Like, what if we could be like this Alcone blue butterfly and in the times whenever we're in the circumstances where the odds are stacked against us. We're, we're in the midst of our enemies. When things are not favorable, whenever we're trapped, we were like, all right, bet. I'm going to still get something from this yep. and like use it to turn, like turn it around for our good so that we can get to that promise that God has for us. Right. Like you're in the job you don't like. All right. But what skills can you mm. learn? How much money can you save? Go there. Okay. Go there. You're, you're in, you're in this class with this, with this professor that's unfair. Okay, cool. Well, what connections can you make with the people in your yeah. class? What yeah. can you still learn about having to put forth extra effort and how can mm. you take that into your next season? Okay, you're in this space where you don't like uh, the group Come you're working on. with or Ooh. the coworkers that you have and, and you got to do all the work. Okay, cool. Well, what extra things can you do to get favor from uh, the people Come that you report on. to or to be able to navigate the situation in the future? Like there's there's so many different things yes. that you can gain in these these um negative or less than ideal circumstances now that's not to say that you just stay there because you need to get out of toxicity right you need to protect yourself your mental health your your peace all that kind of stuff but Mm. at sometimes there's going to be a period where you do have to just stay there because whatever what can you use in that moment for your advantage because we know that god wastes nothing he trades ashes for beauty like i just thought that was so powerful and and david even said in psalms 23 you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies we always think that the blessing is going to be like this you know four course meal with this with this just nice aesthetics and just in this big old mansion and just beautiful and that definitely can happen and i pray that happens Mm. for everybody listening i'm saying (laughs) but right but there are some times when it's like 
nah, you got this beautiful table in the hood. <laughs> like you, like you, you are in a space where like you, you look around and you're distracted. It's like, oh, mm. what in the world? But when you focus on God, yes, Holland, the blessing you know? is still there. So even Kara, you talking about your situation where you're like, you feel like you are, um, giving birth in the wilderness and you don't have mm. your hair done and stuff like that's the table in the presence of the enemies right like sometimes that's just how it that's how it rolls out and it doesn't take away any of the beauty of that blessing sometimes it makes it more beautiful Jesus. because of the miracle of it let me tell you me <sighs> i'm tell done you, my guy my guy my guy <laughs> so the first time i heard you talk about this again i've had to come back to this because i was like god you're kidding me you're kidding you're kidding me that you're allowing nature to mimic what you accomplished in the life of Moses cuz the moment i heard this story i was like fam don't this feel like Moses you mm-hmm. are born into a hebrew slave home you are hidden in the home as long as you can be hidden mm-hmm. your folks know okay we can't even keep you here anymore because you've outgrown this situation no more leaves. So you're going to have to go. But we're going to make this arc. And we're just going to believe that the goodness we've seen in you, the potential we've seen in you, God is going to honor that. Did he honor that, honey? I'm gonna. God is out here maneuvering this arc up the Nile. We're out here floating through alligators, all kinds of predators in these waters that would easily have enjoyed this nice little arc snack. No, no. God ferries this child to the palace and doesn't just ferry him through water, but ferries him through favor so that by the time he gets to the Egyptian palace, the Egyptian princess recognizes him as one of her own. Moses becomes royalty in a moment of favor that only God can provide. And so now the very curse that was sent against Moses Because I fully believe this is Satan in the mind of Pharaoh looking for the deliverer in every Hebrew slave home out here killing an entire generation of male babies just trying to find one. The enemy pulled the same trick when Jesus was born. Mm -hmm. You out here killing all of these male Hebrew children, Israelite children, because you want to you want you're looking for the deliverer. It ain't like the enemy knows what God is going to do, because if he knew what God was going to do, he would be on God's level. It ain't like that. But I'm sure the enemy can give you a sensible weatherman situation. He can forecast like, oh, snap. So this is what is happening in the spiritual realm. God must be about to do this. And so here he comes attacking an entire generation looking for one and God will hide the one even in the house of the oppressor. God is like, bet, I got you. I'm going to put Moses in the Egyptian palace. He's learning how to write Egyptian, speak Egyptian, all this Egyptian knowledge and scholarship that still is astounding and intimidating scholars of today. Moses is like front row seat. He's got tutors. He's out here learning the ways. He's out here doing his thing. And this is how God will move, isn't it? 
Mm-hmm. Not just making a table for you. No, the enemy is going to pay mm-hmm. and not just pay for your stuff, not just your well-being at the enemy's expense, but your birth mother is also going to get a blessing. I'm going to pay you to nurse him what you would have done for free. I'm going to pay you an Egyptian palace salary to nurse this child for me. Mm-hmm. Big up to Miriam and the way she received that idea in the moment. Like, I know the child's mother. Would you like me to go get her? Like, mm-hmm. baby, I'm saying the way that God will outmaneuver and use small things. God uses an ark to deliver this tiny little thatched tar and pitch situation that this desperate Hebrew mother made. He used that to deliver a nation because by delivering one, he delivered millions. That is the God we serve. And we can see that in our own lives. I know I see that in mine. So this job where I ended up being persecuted, and I mean, it was a 10 month job in total. Seven months of it was just straight persecution. Mm. I begged God every day, please release me from this position. But I did not have his release to go. Mm. It was a real struggle. I mean, grown men scratching me in the back throwing me around the stage during the performance, mocking me. They even held a mocking prayer Mm. where they were cursing me and talking about how the Lord was on their side. And this was like in the middle of the show, like an intermission. It was really, really crazy. Bro, I mean, it was stuff like this all the time. No one would even introduce me to their children. I was persona non grada. And I mean, this, like as a very sensitive, empathetic person, This was like an emotional hell. I really felt like I was so depressed. I wanted to take my life. I felt completely abandoned and forsaken by God. It was such a struggle and a struggle every single day for seven months. But the very last day, hallelujah, hallelujah. So I ended up getting this really weird injury out of nowhere. The doctors to this day still cannot explain to me how I was injured enough to experience the symptoms I experienced, but the injury still wasn't worse. Not only that, but the injury came at a point in the show where I wasn't even doing hard dancing. Mm -hmm. Like I just moved a chair and kind of jiggled my knee a little bit. And I felt a pop in my knee that really hurt. Oh, wow. And afterwards I couldn't really walk and I definitely couldn't run. It was a struggle. I went to the doctor. I was actually about to dance on the injury that night because I just was like, look, I'll ice it and I'll go ahead on because I had had an injury on that knee before, but it had been like five years before that day. So I go to the doctor just because I can with the tour insurance. He's like, I'm so glad you came in. You can't dance on this. You could have ended up ending your dance career tonight if you had done that. You need to have physical therapy. I'm going to write an order. I end up being in physical therapy. At first, he said a week of physical therapy. It ended up being a month of physical therapy. Wow. I'm still connected to the tour, but I'm eating every night where I would be working. I'm having nice food. I'm getting to go and kind of take buses and stuff to see the cities that we're in. I'm resting my knee all during the day, drinking water. I'm just taking good care of myself because there's this idea that eventually I'm going to rejoin the show. We're all working towards that. I'm just fulfilling the physical therapy requirements and all the health requirements I need to fulfill. The day I'm supposed to rejoin the show and finish out the last week of this tour, somehow the girl who I'm sharing the car with, and I'm still being persecuted in this time, so people still really dislike me and even tell me they hate me to my face. Wow. This woman 
decides to take the car to go shopping in another city nearby. We're in Connecticut on this stop of the national tour. Mm -hmm. She decides to take the rental car that we all are a portion that everyone knows I need in the mornings to go to physical therapy. And I definitely need it today so I can go to physical therapy before I'm supposed to come back to work. She takes the car and leaves go shopping, is gone for half the day. The stage managers are calling her. The production manager is calling her. She's just gone. She comes back in the afternoon. Well, by that time, it's too late. I was supposed to have the morning appointment and a significant rest period before any light duty work. So now my day to come back to work has been delayed by a day. They're telling me it's fine. We'll work it out the next morning. The next morning, I was presented with a medical leave letter. They were ejecting me from the tour because they were saying, you know, we can't keep this up. You're not going to be able to come back in enough time. So we're just going to let you go. I thought tooth and nail. <laughs> I went from being this girl who was like, Lord, please get me out of here to then fighting because I was like, this is unfair. I did everything I was supposed to do. I've been working, I've been doing these exercises so I can finish this. And in the time that I was off and away, the Lord had really given me a desire to come back and finish strong. So I was like, there's no way I'm gonna let them take this from me. Plus I knew they were doing corrupt things in the background. These are people who were like trying to get me removed from the tour anyway. They would lie on me, say I was coming in late, but the Lord had me take pictures every time I signed the role. So I was able to disprove all the allegations they laid at my feet. It was really wild though, the links they went to lying on me to try and get me fired. So I knew that this that's what this was and I wasn't going out like that. Mm -hmm. But the Lord allowed it to go through. I was so angry. I was depressed. I did not understand. I'm like, God, it's like, you just won't let me have any victory. I don't understand. Slight. I didn't know this. Jesus, my God. I mm. pray this ministers to somebody. Yeah, no, it is. It is. Fam, I didn't know this at the time. But the very, so the day that they presented me with that letter, which was the day after the, the day I was supposed to go back into work. If I had gone back into work that day, I would have been able to finish out the tour. I would have collected my money. I would have gone on about my way. But because of what this woman did, and because of the way that God ordered the circumstances, the way they presented me the medical letter, the attestations of my doctors, the entire circumstance, and the fact that I was persecuted into a work comp injury. They could prove, I could prove that the cast was abusing me so much that my knee had suffered from overuse. Cause when I explained it to all the doctors I saw and the Lord let me see about five doctors and a nurse, all of them attested to the fact that everything I could prove with records of the mistreatment I was receiving that absolutely could result in a work injury of this kind. So no one was contesting the fact that the company was responsible wow. because of all of the factors surrounding my case. And the day that it happened, the day that it all went down was the last day for me to qualify for a benefit I didn't even know about. But through this benefit, because of the contractual obligations that the tour had to me. The actors union I belonged to was responsible to pay me for every single day I was out of the tour and every day that beyond the tour until my case was resolved. So basically, because of their contractual obligations, I was entitled to receive my tour salary every single year that my case was prolonged the case went on for four years wow so what would have been just maybe 10 months of money 
I got four years and 10 months of that Mm. check. And when I say God used the work of everyone who was, they were saying, they were declaring out of their own mouths that they were my enemies. God used their mistreatment. God used the persecution. God used the corruption. He used all of the unfairness, everything that tried me within an inch of my life. Mm. He used it to put me in the best financial position I had ever been in as an actor. Because at that point, God is using the money from the tour to fund the business. Because you remember I told you he gave me this business. He gave Mm -hmm. me the business right after this whole situation went down. Mm -hmm. And oh, I had money to start it because of what (laughs) these people had done on this tour. He used it to fund that. He used it to fund ministries. He used it to do all kinds of stuff. And then he was like, cool, I'm about to take you through a place that's going to be different financially because I'm going to show you. I, I It's not just that I can give you a lot. I can also bless you in a little. And when I say I've watched him sustain, I'm in a very precarious financial situation right now. But by the grace of God, I have not gone under because the same favor he used to connect me to more than enough. It's also connected me to just enough in this situation. So even in the famine I've been in, it's really been like Elijah with the widow and the child. Like I have what I need. And every day I go, I've got exactly enough to keep going. And he's promised like, nah, the famine is going to end and I'm going to do what I got to do. So even in a prison situation, the tour was a prison where I am right now in a lot of ways feels like a prison because it's confinement. Mm-hmm. But God will refine you in confinement yep. Yep. and he also will use the work of your enemies to make sure you have what you need. So you're yep. out here chilling in the ant bed. What would have been the place where you came to die? It is now the place where you are fed. Mm-hmm. It is now the place where you grow stronger. Mm-hmm. It is now the place where you are planted, yep. not buried. Yep. Because I love the fact that yes. even what you said about the hardened cocoon, fam, it's giving seed all yes. day. <laughs> and the seed even outlasts the colony. So that by the time the colony is gone, the butterfly walks clean out. Right. It's like, see ya. To the skies I go. <laughs> it's just right. like, bye. It's, it is that whole story inspires me to no end. And I literally be going back and listening to it for fun. Mm-hmm. I just go, yes, I'm just yes. like, tell me again. Tell That's me again. That's literally you. Right. That's literally Man, you still like, even after the, the tour was done. It's still, still reaping. I'm still sustained. I'm still, yeah. And no one could have accomplished that but God. And certainly not me. I didn't have the foresight for that. I was fighting to stay. And if I had stayed, I would have finished it. But that's it. And then Mm. what would I have done from then? Especially Mm. with the injury. Mm. Like what in the world would I have been able to do? Now, God made it happen so that even though I was angry at them and at him, I didn't know that God was positioning me Mm -hmm. where I needed to be. So that the next four years of what he decided to do yeah. in in a time of feasting and in a time of famine, God was teaching me and molding me and helping me so that now I'm coming into a lot of the strength and the wisdom and the clarity and the integrity that he promised me he was going to develop in me seven years ago. And I didn't know the way he was going to take, but now I praise God for the very things I was so angry and petitioning him about. Now, Mm -hmm. all I have is praise because he has worked this out in crazy ways. I was fed by the ant bed, straight up. I was fed by the ant bed. bed. Amen. Bro, amen. Amen. 
Wow. Mm, 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 mm. That's Thank so you crazy. so much for sharing that story with us. The research you be doing. That's why I said Weekly Words, you a whole teacher. Because I had <laughs> no idea. I had no idea this butterfly was out here. Yeah. But hearing that, it mm -hmm. blessed me so much. And I just, I, I went immediately into worship. Like, God, mm -hmm. who is like you? Mm -hmm. You out here doing this stuff in nature. Just that's amazing. Yeah. Amazing, amazing. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. And you know what's so crazy? I wasn't even seeking that out. Like mm. it it was one of those moments where I don't even know how it was on TV. Wow. But like I heard, I was like, oh, this is interesting. I just kept watching. I was like, oh my goodness. Yeah. Like what? Yeah. Because to your point where you talked about how nature mimics what uh, God do, does in our lives. Like mm. I think that's how we, um, what's the phrase that I, I say? It's like, you can see God's fingerprints throughout throughout life and throughout nature, right? Yeah. Like when you, yeah. when it's those random things you can't explain, whenever it's this story with the butterfly in Europe and these other mm. things, for me, that's God's fingerprint because that's Hallelujah. evidence yes. of what he does. The same way they look yes, for yeah. evidence at a crime scene. Like, yes, mm. these are evidence of why we can keep our faith because yes. we see God moving in these different ways. Hallelujah. There are Amen. these the there are these um you know the you know the animals that can like uh like there's some butterflies who like have the design on their wings to like distract from birds and predators and whatnot like they can mm, they can yeah. look like it's other things or the snakes and the lizards that, that can blend into the trees and whatnot. Yeah. There's these other butterflies and whatnot that I keep saying and whatnot. <laughs> There's these <laughs> other butterflies and other insect insects that will have designs on their wings to look like flies pooping and looks like <laughs> snakes wow. eyes. Like just these random things and whatnot. And I'm wow. like, and don't get, this is going to sound very weird. But there's there, what I'm ultimately getting at is there's space for mm -hmm. science and God to coexist. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. There are people who are, you know, arguing, saying, oh, yes, you know, with the, with the evolution, like over time, uh, it can get these fine tuned, you know, colorations because mm -hmm. like the, the color can get passed through the DNA. And I'm like, yes, that's that's true. If mm -hmm. if there is a butterfly that has a, a brighter yellow color and it continues to mate with brighter yellow butterflies, the 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 butterfly's color will get brighter and brighter because they keep passing yeah. on the the bright gene, right? Yeah. And yeah. it can dissipate the dark one. But with the level of detail yes. that the butterfly wing has to have to mimic yeah. a fly pooping you. or mimic design yes mimic yeah. the snake with the specific uh glare to make it look like the lights reflecting on the eye of the snake like mm. it that's not something that can just be passed down through dna because how do how does how does the dna know that like how exactly. does how does it know to have this glimmer right mm. so on. there there is this 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 again this fingerprint this evidence of god in creation to help these animals and these insects and then the science part is yes as the as the ones that have the more defined detail continue to survive and continue to mate the detail does get more and more refined over mm. the years yeah. but you you can't ignore the fact that it was already an intention 
Mm, come on and so when i think about the intentionality of god as me as this human as i'm in these situations Mm, that again are negative less than ideal not what i want doesn't look like it matches what the purpose god has it's like hold up there's intention for it and again god wastes nothing and i want to talk about how it doesn't take away how in the moment it sucks right talking about to how we started this episode how we both were like you know what? I'm in a good space because of God's grace, but like th- <laughs> yeah. there's, there's some less than ideal things going on in our lives right now, but Absolutely. you know what? It's like, it, it does not remove, it does not remove how in the moment it can suck or it can not yeah. be favorable or it can be yeah. discouraging. All those things are real. Mm. But to your point yes. earlier, we have to talk to ourselves and remind ourselves of the goodness of God and his intentions and how we can use these things and turn it around for our good with the enemy meant to harm us. You turn, he turns around for our good. All things work mm, together for amen. the goodness of those who are called according to his purpose. Romans eight twenty eight. like all these things Hallelujah. we have to remind ourselves, right? Like it, yes. it helps us get through the fire. It helps us get Ooh. through the circumstance. It helps us mm. not get stuck in the flood, right? Yeah. Yeah. Say on. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's all I got. That's all I got. <laughs> I mean, and it's a lot. I mean, that's just, it's it's paramount. One of the things I actually was saying as I was sitting down, um, preparing, just sort of getting the space ready and um, getting some things, some aids, just in case. I, mean, I didn't necessarily know which direction <laughs> we yeah. would go in. Yeah. Um, but just as I was even sitting here, I was praising God and I was thanking him and just, and I said, you know, Lord, I'm so grateful that you took me this way because I thought contentment. And I mean, I understood you when you talked about, you know, being content, no matter the circumstance, but I just never thought my circumstances would ever get like Mm. this. Mm. I fancied myself way too smart, way too agreeable, Mm. way too willing to play the game. I knew I had to play to a certain extent to ever end up in a situation like the one I'm in, where it feels very much like I have just been removed from the context I was comfortable to spend the rest of my life in. Mm -hmm. And it's a good life. And that's what I wanted. Good life, good man, good husband, Mm -hmm. great kids. Like that's just it. But God, when God will remove you from everything that you thought you wanted for yourself and all the means you were prepared to use to get it, What does contentment become in that kind of question mark God is asking you to live in? What, how do you even know who you are and how to operate and everything else? Because one of the first things we learn, the things that we continue to learn throughout this life is context and context breeds contentment because you're content with what you've seen, with what you've known, the best of what you know, the best of what you've been exposed to. But when your whole world gets blown out of the boundary lines of the context that you and the people who know you have drawn for you, what what then? I was thanking God for taking me this way, for taking me the way of the question mark, all of its twists and turns, all these spaces in the path. Because like the question mark is not this continuous line. Even if you have an exclamation point, you're going to come to a break eventually because you got to get to the dot at the end. And it's just like, this way is so twisty. I don't understand where we're going. I'm really confused. 
I feel like I'm off the radar of any kind of measure of success that I was taught to aspire to. Because this is just, this is new territory. I've never seen terrain like this. But I thank God for taking me this way because I have truly had to learn to measure by his steps, measure by his voice, measure by what he says. Because there have been places so dark here, I can't see. So all I hear is God saying, okay, one more step. Good. Next step. Good. Okay. Make sure you keep your hand on the railing. Okay. Next step. I only have his voice to guide me. And in a place like that, where it's not just that you walk by faith and not by sight, you ain't got no sight. (laughs) Even if you want to walk by sight, you can't do that here because there is no sight. You don't even know what you're looking at. Mm -hmm. There's no heads or tails of this situation. So what do you do then? You rely on God. Mm -hmm. Like all the songs say, like all the hymns we sing, and they're so beautiful. But like, what do you do when it's a hymn praise? And that's really potentially your eulogy. Like, what if this is it? And it doesn't go beyond this. Cool. Then I have everything that I need because Mm -hmm. I have walked with God. And however my life is never, it's, it's not at all what I pictured. I never pictured the level of intimacy I have shared with the Lord in this place. I never pictured myself loving God like I do, but I don't know if I ever would have come to love God as I do if I still was as addicted as I was to pleasing people, to playing the game, to doing whatever I needed to do according to, you know, the generally agreed upon, morally acceptable, socially acceptable way of being successful that I kind of plotted out for myself, particularly in musical theater, because you got to do that. The field is too abstract for you to come in and be like, what's success to y'all? You have to come in mm-hmm. knowing what that is for you. Mm-hmm. That way you don't get twisted and turned into right. everyone else's vision. Right. At the end of the day, what what marks success for you? Like what yeah. do you want to walk away with? What's exactly. How have you, you defined it mm-hmm. at the end of the day? Because this can go in so many different directions. It's the choice map in front of you. Like what what kind of where do you want to end up, as you were saying? Yeah. But like sometimes I didn't, I never factored on God presenting me with the choice in the middle of a job that only he could have given me that was tantamount to him saying, yeah, I know I gave you your dream career. Will you give it back? Ooh. Fam, when I say this was the most, this is the closest I think my life may ever get to an Abraham and Isaac moment because this is four years of my life. Plus seven years before that, because I'm doing community theater as like a kid. I'm just, I'm coming up in the ranks of this because God is making a way. And I've spent the last four years undergoing this brutal musical theater program at this school. And I'm grateful for it now, but like, man, it was rough and it was hard. And in a lot of ways it's designed to be that because now you have to get ready for this, not as a pipe dream, but as a career, you've got to become a performer in a professional context. And that process really mints you for the challenge of then going into a career field where you're going to hear a lot of no's, you're going to suffer a lot of rejection, you're going to go through a lot, and you may not even get anywhere, according to you, according to your own definition of success. You may not realize that. So good luck to you. It's kind of that kind of field. In three months out of college, God sets me in a position that literally to this day, 
my instructors are scratching their heads trying to figure out how he did that. He did the same thing while I was at OU. Ways that he moved that people still are like, I just, I don't understand. Like, I don't know how he did that, <laughs> like straight up. But like when God then turns around and says, cool, give it back to me. Ah. Uh, yeah. That... And you're, and, and all in one night, I'm, I was up all night that night wrestling and just not even knowing what to do. I called my mom immediately. I was in the shower and the Lord was like, this is what I want you to say. This is what I want you to do. And I was like, uh, uh, okay, this is a career ending move. So are, are you sure this is you? Is this the Lord? This might be the enemy child. Cause you know, God just gave me this job. <laughs> I called my mother. I was like, I need you to pray with me because like, I don't even know what's happening right now. Within like five minutes of her praying, she started praying what God was telling me to say. I hadn't even told her. And Ooh. I was like, wow. Okay. And she was like, what's going on? She was like, I wasn't, I don't even know where that came from. What's happening? Can you tell me? Can you, can you share? I was like, this is what the Lord has said. She said, I sense that this is what God is calling you to do. Wow. She said, I'm just going to start fasting and praying. She was like, but I'm just believing God that he's going to give you the courage and the boldness to say what you need to say, to do what you need to do, and to walk through this. She said, because I do sense that. I sense that he's going to have you walk through it. My mother started crying on the phone because she, even not being a person necessarily in this industry, she knew like what this would mean because she had just tagged along enough to understand the significance mm -hmm. of something like this and the weight of it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, by the morning... I was ready and God did what he did and he gave me the words and I sent them and the rest is history. Wow. And I am so grateful. Wow. Yeah. I'm so grateful because I wouldn't, I'm not going to lie. In the moment I was hoping for a ram in the bush, I promise <laughs> you, I was hoping like, okay, God, I've got the knife. Okay. Right. It's like, God, you sure? Yeah. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for the angel to I'm stop to, me. I'm about Any to do it. Here's, yeah, the, like, here's your chance to stop me. I'm going to do it. Oh, You're going to stop oh. me? <laughs> <laughs> like, if you want to come right now, angel of the Lord, I'm, we're here. Like, I mean, I it, I was hoping that God would be like, yeah, I just wanted to know that you were loyal. Okay, go ahead and come over here. We're going to do this. Have a good day at work. No, it was really like a, no, like this, this is a, yeah, go ahead. Mm -hmm. That's it. Okay, now plunge the knife in. Wow. <laughs> it just was like, wow. It was rough and God really held me. I don't mean to communicate any insensitivity because the Holy Spirit was so, he was just my comforter in yeah. this whole seven month period. I would not have survived it had God not been there. But like, that was really, that was rough. It was so rough and it was the roughest thing I had ever experienced. But mm -hmm. now I thank God for that. Yeah. And yeah. I've I've told him several times and I've meant it every time. God, I would do it again in a heartbeat mm -hmm. without hesitation yeah. because you are worthy yeah. and you are worth it. Like what I have known of you in this place, what you've shown me, what you've done, this butterfly experience, mm -hmm. you're kidding. Like, absolutely, I would do this again yeah. because, yeah, I never dreamed I would have to be in the ant bed at all. But I also never dreamed I would touch the sky Ooh. like I have now. And I'm saying this is pre-entering into the promised land. I'm still not walking in all the stuff that God has said. Nah, this is what I'm about to do. Get ready. It yeah. still has not come to fruition. 
And yet what I have seen the Lord do, the ways he has delivered me, freed me, blessed me, helped me, made me a blessing. Yeah. Like I'm, there's no way I could repay him for this. And I would do 10 tours. 10 tours ain't even worth Mm -hmm. what God has done for me. There's no way what he has required of me. I could never outgive God, no matter what I have to give up. I will never outgive him. Mm. He's just so generous. Yeah. Yeah. So, fam, like, whew, I yeah. know, prom- honestly, when we're done here, I'm probably going to go back and listen to Weekly Words again. <laughs> again. Bro, because it's my jam. I love listening to that thing. And whenever I start feeling like, am I crazy? Did I really hear God? Like, mm-hmm. is this the really going to happen? Fam, I listen to that to recalibrate. I listen to that episode. I love Weekly Words, but I listen to that episode in particular to yeah. recalibrate. And just yeah. to remember, no, 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 we're we're not buried in the ant bed. We oh, are planted here. Ooh, yes. We're planted here because God has put you in something. He's encased you in something that the enemy cannot break through. However mad they are that they've been feeding you this whole time, the audacity of you to be in here. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. Just continue because the same thing that is confining you is protecting you. And it's okay because when God says, okay, it's time, you're going to walk clean out of here and you're not going to look anything like this ant bed. You will leave and you'll go where God has gifted you and equipped you to go. And life is going to begin in a new way. Mm -hmm. But even now I can celebrate the fact that God is so mighty and so awe-inspiring that he can put all of that, all that will be, here in this place where it ought to be dead but it's not it's fed by everything that's happening god is just he is unparalleled like you not go he's so great and i don't care how much science tries you not go write him out of his own story sorry it's not gonna happen we're not like his there's too much evidence of him the stuff that only he can do his humor his motifs, his themes, and the poetry that he writes with our lives. Mm. It's present. It's like you said, it's his fingerprint and mm-hmm. you're not going to remove it. Mm-mm. It doesn't matter how you hard can. you try. You can't. Yep. You can't. You can't. Indelible, baby. Indel- I love it. Oh, indelible. Okay. okay. Honey, Addiction. <laughs> child, that's what it is. It right. is just, it is him. It, it is, is him. it is him. And yes. it is marvelous in our eyes. Hallelujah yes. to God. And I'm I'm so mm. uh, grateful for you sharing all that and giving that insight because I think, so I think whenever we we reference back to these different characters in the Bible and we talk mm. about yeah. you know the 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 faith of Abraham and the yeah. the excellence of Joseph and the the um, continuation of. Uh, you know, seeking God's heart for David and mm-hmm. all these different people, mm-hmm. which, which are, are great and, and, and good examples. So we're not always able to really talk in the context of their moments of, of, of doubt or their moments mm-hmm. of yeah. second guessing and stuff. We see that a little bit with, with David because we see his Psalms, right? We see yeah. how they, they start off like, God, why have you forsaken me? And my enemy Come chases on. me. And then there's the shift, you know, midway through, about saying god you're my refuge but we don't fully Jesus. see that with with joseph right yeah. we can we can just assume that he was you know maybe doubtful at moments in the in the prison cell and whatnot mm-hmm. and yeah. and you know just wondering what what abraham was thinking when he had to kill you know he was ordered to mm-hmm. kill his son and whatnot yeah. but it's like for you to kind of talk through 
hearing so vividly from God what you were supposed to do, having those doubts and those second guessing, not only in the moment, but after the fact, after you already made the decision, I think is so powerful because I think I know I see this this way and I, and I would just so I would think that other people see it this way. We think that it is this straightforward route where it's like, okay, I made the decision all good. Yes, I knew I made the right decision. But no, Probably. sometimes you sit in that for a week, a month, a year. Yeah. A full-on season that lasts five years, seven years, right? And you're just like, dang, did I make the right choice? But then it comes Come full on. circle like, oh, yeah, I did. So the doubt is still there. And I think it's so important for us to talk about that doubt because we're not unique in, in experiencing doubt and, and maybe questioning it. And that doesn't make you a bad person. But let's Come talk on. about it and remind ourselves of the faith, remind ourselves that, hey, yeah, this, like you said, I'm I'm planted, not buried. And Hallelujah. being planted takes time to blossom. Mm. It takes time Come to blossom. Yes. There's a there's a Chinese proverb that says, you know, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago, but the second Jesus. best time is now. Oh, so yeah. what I hear when I think about that is, all right, let me plant that seed today crap i might not see it blossom for a minute yeah but that doesn't mean that planting the seed was a bad idea exactly it just takes time and we have to remind ourselves of that so thank you thank you so much for sharing that and and walking us through this full season of your life that started in 2015 and how it's just manifested over all these years and and shaped your mindset and your conversation and your prayers and your your viewpoint of god like that all that's great like that's that's you exemplify literally the waiting mm. season that I've been talking about Jesus, this entire hallelujah. month for weekly words. And it for me, it just speaks to just how timely all this, this is like, even when I was on the mm. IG live with you, I was like, Kira, just wait. Like, this is what we're talking about. Like, I just, <laughs> I just know that it's going to be a powerful episode because yeah. I was, uh, and then even you, okay. <laughs> I haven't, <laughs> I haven't said this and I was going to say this to okay. you privately, but I'll, I'll say mm. it, it here now. Cause I feel like it is good. Um, I have been, I always want to be mindful of the guests that I bring on and when I bring mm. them on, right. Because I want yeah. them to be able to, like I said to you before we started recording to give that additional perspective. So oh, to me, it's very important that the right people speak on the right episodes. I have so many people where I'm like, I want you on my podcast, but I got to wait till like it's the right topic for you. Right. And I think this exemplifies that. And you said something, you said something very, actually, I don't know if I'm supposed to say it. Can I say it? Sure. (laughs) Oh, I'm I'm sorry. I was talking to God. I feel it. Bro. Right after I said sure, I was like, I wonder if that question was for me, ma'am. Sorry about that. Yeah, you do whatever the Lord it's, tells you to do. Okay, Amen. no, I'll, I'll tell it to you afterwards. And I'm sorry, listeners. <laughs> okay. One day one day you'll hear it. But it's just a certain word that you used uh, earlier in our mm. conversation that actually is my word for the year. Wow. Amen. So it just, just all those things. And so so just thank you for that. I'll, I'll give you the more insight. Hallelujah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there. But um, yeah, so it's just... All this stuff being aligned is 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 um is just great. So yeah. 
um, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna thank you again for for you know being on here, being vulnerable, sharing all that. Um, I'm so happy to have you, and I want to give you the opportunity to you know tell our listeners about more about you, where they can find you, um, to stay mm-hmm. con- connected with what you're doing because I know you're doing a lot of great things, and there's still lots of things thank in the you. work. So Amen. take it away with all that. <sighs> um, <laughs> it's sort of. I think I'm sort of exhaling into that because lately God has been calling me to take inventory, which is something I haven't really done in a while. There's a way that you can sort of get this tunnel vision with the work he gives you and you kind of forget about everything uh, you've done or something. So with all of that said, I think that one of the best ways that if you're interested in anything I'm doing or if you'd like to connect over anything that really the Lord is doing in my life in this time, um, feel free to check out uh, the website that he had me to create for a lot of this. It's called takeonfaith.com, um, T-A-K-E-O-N-F-A-I-T-H.com. Um, it's the landing page for the business he's given me, Full Faith Ford LLC. Um, it's going to possess a lot more of the vision he's giving me um, so that there is culture built around this Christian life in all of its diversity and beauty and complexity and dimension uh, and just all of the different experiences that he wants to create surrounding that, which encompasses all of the work I'm working on right now. Uh, in terms of socials, faith.live is really <laughs> where I'll be. Um, I'm really honored to host lots of incredible poets and artists, including Slight. I mean, it's just been incredible having Slightly Poetic on every time he comes through. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a really cool place and you're welcome to come there and spit. It's just clean, God-glorifying artistry all day. Um, Faith.life is a page that's literally coming out tomorrow and it features my own work. Um, and just more kind of in-depth look into a lot of the things God has been sharing with me, visual storytelling of the poems that he's given me. So I think those are kind of the main places for now, at least the places I feel released to share. Yeah, There's certainly more um, and there will be more. And I'm excited about everything God is doing so that there's more for the kingdom, not just those of us who claim it now, but those who are coming behind us. I know a lot of what I'm creating is for my niece for children her age who already are being introduced to mindfulness and a lot of new age philosophy and spirituality through the children's programs that she's watching. And a lot of that is just because these ideals are the ideals that society is starting to hold. So God has really given me a passion and a vision for creating excellent artistry that speaks to and gives dimension to what the Christian life is like for a child and what it can be as you are realizing your own gifts, your God-given identity, um, and walking in that. So that's that's like really where my heart is for sure. And a lot of other things that just affirm and encourage believers the world over. That's me. Amen. 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 Awesome. Well, thank you again uh, thank for you. for sure, for sure. Definitely, definitely. Everybody listening, be sure to check out Kara Faith at takeonfaith.com and at faith.live and at faith.life <laughs> uh, um, for all the great things that God is doing through her. 
and to continue oh, to be connected with her great insight and her great poetry and her open mics as well. Like it's thank just, you, it's guy. just a good, it's a good time. It's a good time. Thank you. Um, but yeah, until next time, thank you again for tuning in to the Weekly Words Extended Podcast, where we give you words to live by. I am your host, Robert Timmons. Stay connected with me on social media at Slightly Poetic, at S-L-E-I-G-H-T-L-Y-P-O-E-T-I-C. And if you want to be a part of Weekly Words in any capacity, a guest on the show, you have ideas for topics, or you want to be a part of Viewer's Corner, feel free to email me at weeklywordsrt at gmail.com. Again, that's weeklywordsrt at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you here next time. Thank you.